I created a character which at the time fit very well with what I wanted to do, which was a kind of like a severe militaristic kind of person. Right, so we've got a professional dom in the studio. How are you feeling about that? Things like that don't affect me. Really? Yeah. Really? Take it or leave it. All right. We'll see. We'll see what you do then. Whatever. Hello, I'm Master Peter and I'm a professional dominant who does talks on BDSM and fetish for the uninformed masses. Master Peter. Hello. Hello. What do you prefer? Do you prefer Master Peter or Captain Crop or none of the above? So Captain Crop was an early performance name that I used, but I don't really use it anymore. In fact, I'm trying to kind of get rid of it and hide it under the carpets in the the kind of yannals of history where it belongs. What were you doing as before? Was it a performance artist? Is that what you prefer to be called? Well, not anymore. No, certainly. But this is how I got into doming actually was via doing a performance through which I needed to gain some credibility by doing some training and that kind of thing. And and I created a character which at the time fit very well with what I wanted to do, which was a kind of like a severe militaristic kind of um, person. Um, so I invented Captain Crop as a kind of, you know, I had my military beret and I had this kind of uniform and I, um, and I, I kind of made people stand to attention and do all of that kind of thing. Um, but... I, that that was abandoned, you know, about a year or so after he was created. So for the last five years or so, I've been Master Peter. Did you kill him off in some kind of elaborate kink accident? I, I feel like there should have been some kind something, of ceremony or something. something but no, no, I just kind of let it gradually die away. <laughs> yeah. Do you perform as Master Peter at kink clubs then? Um, so I wouldn't say perform because I'm not really in a character anymore. Okay. Um, but I do work at kink clubs and either I'm working as a house dominance, which is where I am employed to effectively um, beat people up consensually obviously and and give them some experience of of kink or a good flogging or a spanking or maybe i'm there to teach people how to play with each other and then at other events i'm employed as a dungeon monitor which is more about the kind of safety aspect of it so really looking after everyone making sure everyone is playing within their limits for nothing bad is happening but everyone is safe and happy that kind of thing oh my God, okay. Oh my <laughs> I knew this God. I knew it. Okay. Right. Go. How did you know you were a dom? What age? What happened? Tell me. Well, I, I have no origin story in terms of being a dom because I, I would never have classified myself as a real kind of alpha personality before I got into this. I just discovered that I was really good at hitting people um, <laughs> is how I got into it. And then the kind of a character and the kind of, you know, the, 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 the more cerebral part of it really kind of followed on from that. So I guess I unlocked something, but it wasn't something that had, had been there from an early age. Um, so I got into this professionally about seven years ago and I would say that there there are maybe some clues for example i was an army officer for a brief period of time and i was also spent five years in the metropolitan um police service as a a special a special sergeant actually (laughs) a very special a very a very special sergeant um Uh, I'm not sure I should be saying this yes, on the podcast, but there we go. It's out. It's out. <laughs> we've got so we've got Commander Dick who, who's going. What's going on? 
<laughs> Commissioner Dick, as, as I guess she is now. Um, <laughs> the Metropolitan Police. I, I've already resigned. It's too late. They can't oh, do there's anything. A, there's a picked up by the fuzz joke there, but I can't, but I can't find it. Let's just say that my police and interrogation fantasies are incredibly well acted. Oh. Um, I already turned on by that. I know. When you said officer, I mean, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> so, so there you are. You're working in the. You're in the army. You're in the police. Are you experimenting with kink in your personal life, and or is it something that just happened? A girlfriend maybe might have. I'm making up your fantasy in my head. <laughs> Sorry, I will let you answer yeah, that question. Not, not so much actually. So I would say I had a particularly vanilla sex life until I got into this kind of stuff as, yeah. as a professional and then I think the more and more I've been doing it the more I've found enjoyment in doing it um which which really kind of matches the kind of the expertise that I've built up so so it's a weird one because most people start as naturally kinky and yeah. then they kind of jump into it but my own story is I started it as a performance thing and then I realized I was really good and there was a real demand for somebody to do this um and and I think that kind of matches the fact that I'm kind of a service top, really. The thing that I really enjoy is giving somebody a really good experience. Um, and I don't take too much from it myself. Um, I'm not a sadist, for example, so I don't get off on kind of hitting people. But I do enjoy the kind of the outcome of that process, i.e., you know, whatever they feel at the end of it. Yeah. Whether it's a strong sense of catharsis or, you know, they float home and sleep for 12 hours or they really get off on it themselves. And that's something that I get a lot of enjoyment from i'm no i'm less happy about this so you so, <laughs> so you wanted some juicy dirt it is there so that's not it that's cerebrally cerebrally see there's the word <laughs> Poor Miranda, i'm so sorry your brain gets turned on by it but physically less so for you. Well, okay, I love bottoms. Yes. So, you know, of course I get turned on by a nice bottom <laughs> that, that I might be stroking or spanking, whatever it is. And, you know, and of course it's wonderful to have naked people kind of, you know, recumbent over some form of furniture in front of me. That's, that, that's of course, fun. And if I'm turning somebody else on, then you get a natural kind of ar- oh, arousal from that as well. I guess in some, some respects I am, yeah. And I think that's probably why as a male pro-dom I'm actually successful. Because I think um, there, there's a lot of males out there who, you know, you as a, as a female identifying person, you could probably get a queue of people um, who would very happily, for free, give you a good spanking. And my question to those people would be, one, is it any good? Is Ooh. it really good? There is an epidemic of mediocre spanking going on out there. <laughs> there really is. Um, an the, epidemic of there is there is, there is there is there is come on you guys know this yeah. surely surely you've received a bad spanking at one point in your in your in your young lives but um but but also i am a catholic How dare you? <laughs> oh well very you yeah there you know. go yeah. <laughs> um but the second thing is what is a quid pro quo what do what does that man want in return for yeah. for giving that free flogging or free spanking or whatever so i kind of remove that kind of that question mark by accepting money to actually provide a service which is a you know highly proficient good like impact play session or or sensation play session or some kind of fantasy fulfillment but i'm taking the money not the kind of a gratification and that's really important for me that's interesting i really like the the the, wor- the wording that you used a service top because that's sort of something that I can identify can you please with. Explain what that is for listeners who aren't quite who aren't quite as drunk as you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you want to, Yeah, what do sure. So so tops and bottoms. If you're a top, you're somebody who does something unto somebody. If you're a bottom, you're somebody who has something that is done to you. Mm-hmm. And and the word service really denotes the fact that the person who's doing the topping is doing it for the other person. Mm-hmm. Rather than kind of, you know, it, it, so they're in giving mode rather than I'm taking all of this stuff for myself. And to me, it sort of means like the difference when you get loads of guys coming to you as a dom sort of saying, oh, do whatever you want, do whatever you want, make me do whatever you want. And you kind of think, well, that's a that's a that's a big old ball pull there, mate. Yeah. Isn't it? Like that. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to want to like make me a pizza and, you know, you're not going to actually want to do all the things I want you to do, which is probably go to, you know, 24 hour McDonald's and get me a Big Mac and, and then fuck off um (laughs) instead i am gonna have to service you in the way you want me to isn't it it's like you you get is it sorry do you you do you see just women or men or both or so i see women um and i see couples from a kind of a coaching perspective but as a kind of a straight male women are my preference in terms of working can you so kind of what you were just saying Miranda that they're saying yeah do do this and it's their fantasies to be dominated but they don't actually really know what they want do you gauge what people want can you look at Miranda and I and say what we like <laughs> I'm just Part by looking the Big just by, <laughs> yeah, the just McDonald's by looking ignore that no, I'd, 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 I'd need to ask some questions yeah. first and oh, get a flavour for it go on so the types of questions would be it would start from a very kind of open perspective. What are your expectations? What would you hope to um, experience by seeing somebody who's a pro-dom? Um, but really what it boils down to is that people are a certain level in three different areas. One is a kind of a, admittedly the sexual area so what turns you on what about this is actually going to get you off but there are some people who don't get anything sexual from it actually they want the physical the physicality of it all they want a really intense physical experience that unlocks loads of chemicals in their brain like oxytocin from all of a touch like exercise euphoria like that feeling that you get when you're kind of like you know halfway through a marathon and your legs have turned to jelly oh yeah no that's But they want the catharsis that comes at the end of it. And they just want that kind of, they want their brain to be reset effectively. And it might not be sexual at all for them. And then there's a third category of person who maybe it's a much more mental thing. They want to experiment with some kind of role that they don't naturally have on in in a day-to-day life. Mm. Um, And sometimes it's a cliche, you know, the company director who wants to crawl around on the floor drinking from a dog bowl. But sometimes it's a certain fantasy that they want to play with or, or have fulfilled they want to maybe kind of access some of the darker things that are going on in their heads Mm. as well so you do become a kind of fantasy facilitator slash therapist in those kind of situations have you been asked to do stuff that you would have said no to yes yeah absolutely um so just like anyone else i have my own boundaries one of the principal ones is that i don't fuck my clients um and that's a really important one because i think that then puts me into a position of maybe taking too much and the kind of the boundaries being blurred between offering service and getting my own kind of kicks. But also there's lots of things I simply don't do. I don't play with needles, for example. I don't kind of get involved in kind of water sports. I'm not going to shit on your chest. Oh, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, there, there, are, there are various things which I don't do. Yeah. But the wonderful thing about 
BDSM and the world of fetishes. So there is somebody out there who will happily accept money um, to do that. So mm. I can just point people in other directions if, if I'm going to say no. <laughs> it was all a matter of timing for me. I just I was like, you don't know when my bowel movements are going to happen and neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your only objection. Yeah, you can pay me for an hour, but nothing might happen. Good luck. <laughs> You then just have some X-lax. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you don't want X-lax poops going on a chest. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, oh. And when the whole golden showers, I just honestly just think of the bedding. I don't do it in the bed. I do, what, don't. you? No, you used to do it in the bath. Make I didn't. Bath. How would I know that? Why are you looking at me like I should know that? <laughs> Isn't it wonderful that there are professionals to inform you and educate you? Oh, I've never felt so enlightened. <laughs> Whoa. So you're doing some talks at the moment through funding yes. called A Gentle Introduction to Kink and BDSM. Yeah. How gentle is gentle? Where, gentle where gentle is super gentle. So I, I'm a big evangelist about BDSM and I, I would really love for kind of the uninformed masses to, to gain more appreciation out of this because otherwise all they have to go on is, you know, some kind of tattle like in, in, in the press or, you know, some politician's done something dodgy or that book yeah. you know um, that Bible. shall not be named <laughs> always very, is it the, Bible? the Bible is much better written <laughs> um, and, and it's more believable yeah. um, so <laughs> so yeah so you know uh, so we're kind of combating the kind of you know the, the myths and the bollocks spread by Fifty Shades and all of that stuff yeah. you know and I cry every time I go past Harmony and I see the kind of like Fifty Shades starter kit in the window which really should just be some fire lighters and a box of matches um, <laughs> but but it's not sadly um, I have found one permissible use for that book and, and that was when I was employed to be a um, Catholic priest at an event recently and I had a confession where I accepted confessions but when I wasn't doing that I would roam around and make people kneel down and then preach to them from the worst bits of Fifty Shades as a punishment. Um, and I only found one person who didn't like it. Oh, oh no, sorry, who really, who really liked, liked it. it. And then I spanked her with it. <laughs> Do you like it now? I was saying as I hit her repeatedly with it. And that was great. And I felt like that's, that's an acceptable use of that book. I feel like we've watched the end of Fleabag. You know when he's gone Neil and then it's oh like he pulls God. Andrew oh, Scott pulls out 50 James. It's like, oh, now we know what happened now in that confession booth. God, this is so mad. Can I ask a really crass question? Please. Please. <laughs> Do you... Um, do you earn as much doing this as when you were a cop? Um, so when I was a cop, I was a special cop, which meant I was doing it for free. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, I earn more per hour doing this than any other job I've done. Um, but I have done some kind of, you know, some jobs on a kind of a salaried basis, paid me quite a bit. So it kind of, it irons out similar, really. Where do you do it? I do it at my own place for clients who've been coming to me for years. I've got a little dungeon set up, but otherwise I use hired dungeon space, of which there are several options in London. Do you have a mini bar? <laughs> I don't have a mini bar, but maybe I should. Do you have snacks? <laughs> I can see a new income stream appearing before my eyes. No, I'm well, actually, I do have snacks because actually sometimes people need a bit of sugar replenished at the end of a session. So, fucking yes. oh. hell, what do you do to them? 
many wonderful things. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, sometimes people feel a bit lightheaded and having some kind of sugary snack is a really great way to replace blood sugar levels. Love that. Get a spanking and a LucasAid all in one. <laughs> Absolutely. Have a Kit Kat. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if four, four fingers. fingers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Chunky. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm not. I'm You're not really not. Millions. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you see i have professional experience of seeing people who are sorry <laughs> uh, and, and you don't currently learn that up. <laughs> oh my god what do, when you say you want to open this up to the masses and i guess it's because people got preconception but what what can the world of bdsm kind of bring to people oh god so many things so first of all i think it can bring a more um uh a more varied and more enjoyable sex life for example, um, and new and fun ways to interact with your your significant other or others. I also think that it can provide a certain set of skill sets. So, for example, assertiveness, um, creativity. There's a lot of that. Um, <laughs> so, many, so many things you can do in a kitchen that you never knew you could do. I was um, gonna, like, because you used to talk about household objects. Yeah, and absolutely. What kind of things? So I think so. You can go to London Alternative Market and spend a bomb. On, you know a couple of leather things um or you can just look around the house and uh, and get get inspiration from what's around you um it's like the old joke anything's a dildo with enough kind of lube um uh, <laughs> i think i've never I think heard that joke. have you not that, <laughs> that joke <laughs> well you know it, it's it's out there it's the same thing any anything it can be an impact play toy if you're careful enough are you saying um, you like spatula mm-hmm. oh, great yeah. you know yeah. classic yeah. classic example egg whisk. What, what could you do with an egg whisk an no. egg whisk oh Ooh. don't even get me you, started little, not that not the not electric ones. Not the, <laughs> the, 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 no but i guess I guess you could wrap it up in somebody's hair and use it to kind of like oh give them a bit of a hair tug, God. maybe. Sample. Wooden spoon, classic. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Pegs. No, oh, no. Yeah. Clothes pegs. But then again, who still uses clothes pegs? <laughs> See? Oh, <Yeah>. Modern. <laughs> modern. <laughs> Do you think that male doms get a bit of a bad rap? Do you think that they're... Um, I think they do, and I think a lot of the time deservedly so. Um, so I think there's a lot of people who can go on FetLife or Facebook or wherever they are and call themselves a dom yeah. and be all the domly dom and kind of, you know, have a profile that says, I was a natural dom from from the moment I was born. I came yeah. out of my mother's womb with a flogger or something. And it's like, <laughs> no, you fucking weren't. Um, Wearing a suit and tie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and you can spot them a mile off, which, yeah. is, which is fortunately the kind of case but i'm sure there are some people who get taken in by the whole kind of alpha dom like you know fet life profile um and that's sad you know um but i strongly think that if if you are going to hit people for example consensually um or do anything that has a profound impact on somebody's body or mind then you need first of all you need to know what you're doing secondly your kind of practices around safety and around actual kind of knowledge of human anatomy for example and medical conditions and everything else needs to be really spot on and you need to understand consent and consent is something that actually unfortunately lots of people don't understand understand and particularly if they're too invested in getting their own kind of gratification then those are the things that kind of slip so yeah so male so some male doms do get a bad rap but that's usually because there are lots of cases where male doms are fucked up mm. do you know any doms called dom <laughs> i know one <laughs> 
as he wishes he had a different name. Um, yeah, he doesn't hear the end of it. Can you ask um, ask Miranda Kane to my right what her safe word is? <laughs> what is your safe word? BB Lynch. BB Lynch. <laughs> so cruel um has anyone so i know you've said that w- what you wouldn't do yeah. but has anyone ever asked you to do something that you thought was kind of it was like out there for you but actually you still did it but you were like wow okay that challenged you <laughs> so i had yeah so um i had a client i get a lot of clients from from the city actually and i had one client who works uh in internal audit i think that's sufficiently broad like <laughs> profession for me not to give anything away it's a couple of years ago now and um she wanted to uh, fail her audit with me she wanted yeah i shit you not um so I had to, I had to go on a crash course of what the fuck is Sarbanes Oxley and what what the internal auditors do, so that I could put on a suit and call her to my office yeah. and and fail her audit for her and then punish her um, oh for doing it. It was so, so that was a, that was a new one. I know so much about risk and compliance that I never wanted to know. There we go. <laughs> Does all this make you yearn for very vanilla sex? Do you know what I mean? It's like your your life that when you go home um, do you want something I don't different? yearn for it I mean I can get vanilla sex pretty easily <laughs> <laughs> alright don't um, brag uh, it's, it's not, that's, some uh, of us is <laughs> year and a half now fucking hell oh, I can get sex quite easily it's me and BB over here going tell us your secret <laughs> um, well you can pay for it for <laughs> oh dear um, I didn't mean to sound like I was bragging what I, what I mean to say is kind of you know if you have a sexual partner and vanilla sex is quite it it's, can be the default before you throw in other stuff can't it um and um in my own personal relationships i often have vanilla sex actually so it's yeah i don't think that's a secret i'm putting out there sometimes it's lovely just to you know yeah just have a nice little spoon to be honest i love a good cuddle but also cuddles are an important tool of a trade for any pro dom because actually aftercare can sometimes involve just giving someone a big hug now explain aftercare to people well if you put somebody through a kind of fairly intense hour you need to look after them afterwards and they may well have a, a variety of needs at the end of that kind of experience so for example they could need a glass of water they could need a sugary snack they could need a cuddle they might need to verbally process what they've just been through by having a chat with you for 10 minutes they might need to curl up in a fetal position and be left the fuck alone for like 20 minutes um aftercare takes all different shapes and sizes but one of the important things about doing what i do is 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 understanding what they might be and and probably negotiating them up front do you think i was gonna say do you yeah i was gonna ask do you do that up front or is there a part of you that's got a bit of intuition about it so it's like maybe they say normally i just like to be on my own mm. for 20 minutes afterwards but like if you do you ever get the point where you're like oh do you know what? i've seen this in someone else and i think yeah. they might need a cuddle or something you, or like... you need that so you need that intuition and you need a certain amount of empathy to mm. do what i do um and it's particularly important when you're actually playing with people who are um, completely new to it. Mm. So really what you're doing is some kind of structured exploration of their kinks and their fantasies and, and what they like and what they don't like. Because they don't know. Yeah. They've never been in that situation before. That's, so what makes someone come to you then who doesn't know? Um, uh, curiosity. 
um, some kind of like nagging thing at the back of their head that says that they might really like that. Um, some kind of very academic interest sometimes. Actually, they just want to understand what it is and to have done it once and tick it off the bucket list. Um, or, you know, alternatively, they know that there's something that's been missing from their previous relationships or from their previous interactions um, uh, with people and, and they're looking to plug that gap. Is it? Do you feel unsafe if you're seeing couples? I don't feel unsafe, no, but I'm conscious of their own dynamic. Um, and so if I do work with a couple, then I really expect them to have had a conversation with each other beforehand where they actually do a bit of negotiation with each other about what's okay, what are they looking for, you know. Um, the last thing I want to do is be on the end of some kind of like suddenly triggered, jealous like husband mm. when I'm kind of like, you know, showing him physically things yeah. to do with his his wife or girlfriend or whatever. So that's really important. I'm mm. wondering if I like this. I don't know. I think you might do. How do you know? Well, <laughs> for example, there are very simple ways to understand if you might like to be in a kind of a, a submissive position or to be kind of like physically domed. One of the tests I often do is just by pulling somebody's hair actually so i just grab a whole bunch of hair and by the way there was a epidemic of mediocre hair pulling going on out there as well um it's a true story there really is um there's a lot of there's a lot of bad hair pulling yeah 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 <laughs> basically this is this is, How, this is what's a good hair pull let's um so you get as much hair as you can as close to the scalp as you can and first of all you just grip it's not even hair pulling it's hair gripping <laughs> and what that does is it pulls all of those strands of hair tight and it pulls your scalp taught and it conveys a real powerful kind of sense of i'm now in control of you because yeah. if you control somebody's head you control all of them so so that's the first thing i do and i just look at their face and and if they really are into this kind of stuff you can tell they're like oh you know <laughs> they just start gurning at you um and, and that's great that's wonderful test the test has been that, passed that, that um, could be a stroke <laughs> but it could be a stroke but yeah <laughs> Also, my good friend, B.B. Bernadette Lynch, has got <laughs> hair issues in the, after she's had it done by a friend, Michael Douglas. Yeah, my hair, yeah. She yeah. doesn't like anyone touching it. Yeah. So, yeah. I love my hair being pulled. Oh, it's all coming yeah. out now. I love that. But, but, but it's got to be done properly, right? Because Come on, there's somebody's. Like, oh, you're going to okay. do it? Okay. 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 I don't even want to get in the middle of this. All I'm right. Gonna... Here we go. I'm moving around. <laughs> I'm moving around. You just stay there. Here we go. All right. Oh. So, I'm grabbing as much as I can. Can, as close to the scalp as I can. And I'm just, there we go. Yeah. Oh, BB's gone. I can BB's just gone. Move, she's move gone. her anywhere. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, How's that? She's just letting yeah, him do yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. She's, she's crumbled <laughs> now. She's destroyed. This is going to turn into a one person podcast. There we go. You good? I've never seen her blush so much. Oh, oh do you want a cuddle? <laughs> give her a cuddle. Give her a cuddle. I'll give you a cuddle. Okay, now I've got to do the Would you like a cuddle? Again. Yeah, I'll give you a cuddle. Oh. Here we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but do you see what That's I mean? What it like kind of like, it, <laughs> good lord. Oh, good, good lord. Oh, I think this is the first time I think I've ever seen BB Bernadette Lynch go quiet as well. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Even your freckles are blushing. I gotta stop it. Can BB have your number? Before you card, answer that, do you take vouchers? <laughs> I do, I do and you can have vouchers. this mug if you want to. There we go. It's my <gasps> business card. Fabulous. Thank you. Oh. oh no! You see, look, you've got you've you've done her wrong now. She, you've got a picture of you with another woman. Now she's she's gone. She's done. Wow. She's done. 
Jealousy problems. (laughs) 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 I'd be quite a poor Tom if I only had one client. Tell them. (laughs) And you said that. So um, you have regular clients that come back to the dungeon. That's. Do they change what they want? Do they get more extreme? They 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 don't change so much what they want. But but there's often a kind of a a, a more deeper exploration of things as as you get to know somebody. So and you also build up people's tolerances for things. So what might start as somebody you know who could take a mild flogging for example over a period of two years will will kind of potentially you know become somebody who can really take a very good hard (laughs) hard whipping um so so that happens but yeah they they tend to change dramatically what they like yeah Yeah. during your talks you get people to ask you questions you do a q a what is the thing that people are most intrigued about what do they ask you the most oh um so i think they are people are very interested in in how they can do this themselves and particularly how they can do this with maybe somebody who they know really well and they might feel a bit awkward about about kind of going into that kind of dimension with so part of my talk is actually a demonstration on how to set up a power dynamic with somebody i mean this is really important because i think it could go horribly wrong Mm. if you don't have a few kind of like concepts and tools to play with so how does a couple who have been with each other for years and are very much equal partners in that relationship suddenly go into a kind of a dominant and submissive kind of space so i spend some time actually demonstrating how you can do that and and what are some of the things that work really well um and importantly how can it be a retractable thing so they can go back to normal afterwards Uh, yeah yeah. and can that change within years in a relationship maybe do you know what i mean what's the switch bit of both isn't it yeah a switch is somebody who might take both roles and enjoy playing in both roles not necessarily always with the same person they might feel very kind of submissive to one person and very much dominant with another person but it could also be as we witnessed (laughs) oh pull me hair pull my hair bb switchy switcheroo lynch there Cute. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no. Miranda had to get that out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that's been building up. <laughs> Quite yeah. So if people want to come and they want to hear more, what can they do? How can they contact you? Well, first of all, my talks um, are running more or less every couple of weeks and I do them through a platform called Funzing. Mm-hmm. So if you um, put into Funzing or into Google a gentle introduction to Kink and BDSM, you'll find the talks. Um, and you can come along to one but you can also just hit me up at my website which is masterpeter.co.uk uh, or email me submit at masterpeter.co.uk hey. <laughs> See what um, and uh, and I'll be very happy to talk to people we, yeah. we both let hit me up go yeah <laughs> I'm ashamed of both of us <laughs> how fascinating my head's tingling I know you're still blushing oh, no, I'm still blushing <laughs> um, thank you so much stop seeing those other bitches and uh, <laughs> And um, everyone can see this. I can't speak. (laughs) Thank you very much for coming in and doing that to Bibi. You are so very welcome. It was entirely her pleasure. was quite the roller coaster there wasn't it <laughs> how are you feeling now i'm just gonna take it or leave it me oh my god 
Peter. I feel giddy. Are you in love? Of course I am. <laughs> I adore him. He absolutely, we all felt a little bit fanny flutters, didn't we? <laughs> Everyone. He's even really... Sam, and he's not even in the studio. <laughs> no, he was, he was, he was really, You can't even speak. Uh, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you like that. <laughs> Did you learn anything? I was too busy looking at you, babe. <laughs> I couldn't alert. Honestly, I've got no idea what happened before or after. All I can think is yeah. we just need a little, a little Bibi Lynch Master Peter date. Let's make it happen. Are we going to um, live tweet it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we must. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much to our guest, Master Peter. Oh, thank you. She's been BB Lynch. And you have been... You're still being Miranda Kay? I'm still going to be Miranda Kay. Nice. It works. Yeah. Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Juliet Nichols for Metro.co.uk. Sam Barnum's in rehab. Uh, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at Good Sex, Bad Sex, which has got triple X at the end just likes BB's new sex life (laughs) (laughs) and and if you've got a sexy question if you've got a sexy question or query or anything you'd like us to talk about on this um, are we award winning yet? nearly nearly award winning podcast please do get in touch info at sexpod.co.uk and we will see you next week (laughs) 